It's been a long time since you've spent an evening with your friends. You're looking forward to this night. After college, you gradually lost touch, and then an incident slowly broke the group apart. But you've been invited to a dinner. Everyone will be there, but once you arrive, something doesn't quite seem right. More and more people continue to arrive to the party you don't know. Who are these people, you ask? You begin to feel awkward before you stumble upon a video revealing your friends becoming members of a violent cult. This is It Records. Welcome back, all you creatures of the night. It is me, one of your many hosts of this podcast, Matt Johnson, coming back live over the airwaves. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a lie, and you know it. <laughs> yeah, we've never live streamed, but too many errors on my part. We went last 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I was stumbling. I feel like I was stumbling through that intro anyway. No, not at all. Which I did not. I just read that and went with it. <laughs> I should have, I should have, you know, tried to memorize it, rehearsed my lines, but I just read what I wrote down today at work. <laughs> I feel like people don't really memorize anything for podcasts. Podcasts, you just kind of just like fart words out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, whatever comes out, whatever sticks. And then it's all liquid gold. Yeah, it just flows. Everything you say, <laughs> Everything you say is podcast gold. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> but we're we're back here over the the internet highway, whatever you want to call it, the podcast airwave, freeway this week intersection, our, freeway bypass, whatever road analogy you want to use. This week on the podcast, though, we watched a 2015 film. Uh, entitled The Invitation, directed by Karen Kumasawa, I think it is, is the director of this film. God, this thing is so official. Maybe they're overcompensating. It's kind of hard to call everybody up out of the blue after two years. I'm so glad you're here. We've got a lot to talk about. So much to celebrate tonight. Each and every one of us is on a journey, and we feel that it's important to be on that journey with the people you love. Everybody, this is my friend Pruitt. Bars on windows and no. Security, safer. You've been acting so suspicious of our hospitality. Well. Jesus. Has he been like this a lot? So agitated. How has he been handling things? He can be self-destructive. I think he's doing the best he can. Something doesn't feel safe here. We don't see you for two years, and then all of a sudden, we get invited to this lavish dinner. Don't tell me that this is normal. What do you think is happening, Will? This beautiful moment is upon us. Tonight is the night our faith is made real.
can't remember who chose the movie for this week. That was Lindsay. This this is Lindsay's pick for the invitation. Okay. Any particular reason of choosing the invitation? I don't really have a good reason, honestly. (laughs) I was at a loss. Um, I was just, like, flipping through Netflix, and, you know, it looked kind of promising, so I just decided, you know, we're going to end this debate right here. So, um, yeah, so it's on Netflix for those of you who don't know, and uh, Mm -hmm. we'll delve more into that uh, now. (laughs) That's all I have to say. Yeah, um, it's a relatively, I guess, independent film. I I mean, I hadn't really heard much about it, but it does have fairly good reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. It's like 80-something percent, and it premiered at South by Southwest in 2000, and I believe it was, what I think it was 2015, and then in 2016 is when Netflix got it, to air it. But I feel like the reception around it when it came out was relatively low I, I i feel like i picked up on it after it was on netflix like a year or so later oh yeah i didn't watch like the first time this is my second time watching the movie and the first time i watched it probably was like a year over a year ago yeah yeah seems like a movie that kind of gained more momentum later on mm-hmm what kind of tablet you got there? <laughs> tablet. Uh, I just got it, but I kept typing in my passcode wrong. I was trying to go in and look at some of these notes I have, and I kept typing a nine when I was trying to hit the okay. So I'm just over <laughs> and over again, like, do 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 nine. Nope, I want to hit the okay button. I'm just going over and over again. But this film, is a, it's a quick one. It's like an hour and a half. But Karen Kusami, not Kusami, Kurosawa, I think is what I said earlier. <laughs> like Akira Kurosawa. Just, yeah, you know. You it's, just, it, it's his daughter. <laughs> uh, I, she was known for the movie Girl Fight, Girl Fight, I read, with Michelle Rodriguez. Um, but then, which she got acclaim for, but then her directorial kind of acclaim diminished when she did Eon Flux, if you know that one, which I feel is a fairly popular one, and Jennifer's Body. With uh, uh, Megan Fox, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Those are some of Which more. is, I've tried watching that movie, and boy, is that a stinker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is It is awful. <laughs> that seems to be the general consensus. Yeah, and that kind of, I guess, not tarnished per, per se. Those, those movies didn't do too well. Um, but with this one, I heard that she got all the, the creative rights as well the writers did. Which was um, her husband. Her writer, her husband is uh, one of these guys. I think it's Phil Hay, but Phil uh, Hay and Matt Manfredi okay. wrote it, and so she directed, and that's her husband. So it was kind of in tandem. They had all they had reserved all the creative rights for this. Mm-hmm. Cool. I guess it's a passion project of sorts. Talk about neptitism. No, I'm just kidding. I can't even <laughs> say the word right. <laughs> Talk about nepotism. <laughs> well, those for you haven't seen it, we're going to start talking about the film, but it, it, it's pretty simple. I mean, uh, a man, our protagonist, Will, accepts an invitation to a dinner party hosted by his ex-wife, Edie, or Eden, and an unsettling affair that reopens old wounds and creates new tensions. Which that's Why basically... would you go? Why would you go to a... a... 
a dinner hosted by your ex fucking fiance not whatever I don't know ex-wife ex-husband whatever why would anyone go to that <laughs> yeah he didn't seem to throw the butt on the way there you know right away they're like not okay with it it's like why, why are you going right yeah I I guess the only thing is it, I think it's been two years since at the beginning we don't know what happened but it's been two years since something happened and he's going to his ex-wife's house so maybe it's been two years since he's seen his friends who are also at this dinner and he's maybe just trying to finally reconcile and, and move on from what happened but he does okay, not that's, that's true that's the only like I guess catalyst I could see for him but he he very he seems very detached from like the get go, of like I don't want to do this like. I, that also but, make him just like, very detached person right away when, he accidentally like runs over, a deer and then he's like oh I'm just gonna, fucking kill it to put it at misery and it's like, oh you're you're a weirdo a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, so he's heading there with his current girlfriend, right? And they hit, you know, the animal. And uh, I know that this movie came first, but it reminded me of the scene in Get Out, and uh, where they hit, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. some sort of animal as well. I'm like, okay, I officially know this means that trouble is ahead. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, trouble is afoot. I was reminded of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it kind of creates. Like, he seems detached, but it kind of creates, like, that foreshadowing of something's, like, really weird gonna happen because he, like, beats this thing to death. Yeah, he took it a step further in this one. Mm-hmm. I thought it kind of showed him that, like, it was a way of telling the audience that this guy, like, knows how to take care of himself and he's not, like, one of those characters that's gonna go down easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got some strong will. No pun intended. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> I'll add the sound effect in a, a laugh track into the the podcast after all my bad jokes, like the the Seinfeld one, yeah, <laughs> with the little with the little uh, trumpet or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's our opening, like from the get go, and he rolls up on this really nice. Hollywood Hills house, which is where it takes place in LA, of the house he used to live in, Will, with his ex-wife, and she still lives there, and she's living there now with boyfriend David, and all of their friends are there. A pretty nice house, I would say, so... Yeah, it is a nice house. (laughs) I'm not really sure what he does, but... or Edie. I don't think... I think they all just have money, like... Like, it's friends. Like, they just all are able to afford a really nice apartment in New York, and you're like, what do they do? <laughs> yeah, what do they all do again? <laughs> but then we get into the house, and I would say, for, like, the first two acts of this film, it's, like, it's a psychological thriller where it's really just the interactions between these characters and trying to understand. It, it does seem like something's kind of off, but whether it's Will or, you know, if it's David and, and Edie at the house, it's really just plays on the interaction between the characters. Yeah. The, and that sense of paranoia, I would say. Yeah, I found I found it very strange watching it. I was like I was like, what's what's going on? <laughs> it's like I'm confused. Why do I feel weird? <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I thought the director um, did a really good job, and also to the writer's credit. But, I mean, it, it takes place in one setting. It's the house. Yeah. But it, it creates that weird sort of unsettling feeling just from, like, glances almost. Like, like close-ups to, like, side angles of people just kind of looking back and forth and, like, you're just trying to figure out their motive. And there might not really be one for some of the characters, but just the way that it was filmed like that, you kind of, it kind of made people think that they had, there was something lurking, that they weren't telling the full truth. And I thought the score was pretty good, too. I think that kind of led to that eeriness. Was there any characters that you, like, actually liked <laughs> in this movie? Well, <clears throat> I felt like uh, the main guy, Will, like, I felt very sympathetic to him. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, the director did a very good job of, you know, making it from his point mm-hmm. of view right away um, in the movie. Um, so, I mean, he's like the one who's, you know, he knows something's up and he's the only one that seems to pick up on this. So he seems like the crazy one Yeah. to everyone else, you know, and then we start, uh, yeah, so to answer your question, um, I like him. I like Gina, too, and I like Choi, her boyfriend. Um, other than that, though, like, not really. Mm-hmm. Who was the person you said you liked before Choi? Gina, Gina. his girlfriend. Gina, oh, his girlfriend. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it, was it Jamie, her name, who, like, left after they showed the invitation PR video? I think it's Claire. It's Claire. It's definitely Claire. But yes. I like Claire because I feel like that she was kind of all of us in that moment where they, David and Edie show the invitation video, which for all of you don't know, the invitation is the name of this cult-like group that Edie and David have joined to basically get over grief is what it's kind of set up as, as people who have a trauma. It's a way to get over it. Um, And it's just a group called The Invitation. And, but they show this video, and it's a woman who dies of cancer on the video. They see it surrounded by her family, and everybody's kind of weirded out. I feel like most people at that point in a dinner party... Like, why would you show this at a dinner party? <laughs> yeah, would be like, I'm going to leave now. Um, but they, a lot of the characters did show that kind of uneasiness and be like, why the fuck would you show that at a, a party? I think Will says that. But Claire's the only one who leaves. <laughs> Claire's like, I feel uncomfortable. Um, I'm going to... Oh, she leaves after, I'm sorry, the I want game. But she leaves. Regardless, some, the weird stuff happens and Claire leaves. She's like, I'm going to go home. <laughs> I, I'm out of I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. She spoke to me because the whole, like, when they bring up, like, the I never, or, like, I want, like, immediately inside, I'm like, oh, God. Like... Mm-hmm. You know, I think, you know, they introduce this as a way to kind of lower the group's inhibitions, gain their trust a little bit, and, uh, yeah, it, it was about as uncomfortable as I thought it was going to be. Yeah, there's, the movie did a pretty good job of that, where you'd have, like, it just seemed like a dinner party with friends, so it, it almost felt like a drama, and then someone from The Invitation, whether it be David, Edie, or the the two people who... Sadie and, Pru- and Pruitt, who are two guests that the rest of them don't really know, when they would, like, drop something, like, Pruitt killed his wife, it would, like, completely shift the mood of the movie, I feel like. <laughs> like, why would they say that? Why would they bring that up? 
So then, I guess we've talked kind of about the first two-thirds of the movie. Did you guys enjoy that sort of pacing and that slow burn effect we got? Or did you find it kind of dragged on a bit where all those interactions... Did it kind of lose its muster because it went on all these weird sort of interactions with the people they didn't know? I think, for me, I do enjoy, like, a slower burn movie, like, every now and again because it's, like, it's different. But I feel like this one kind of misses the mark for it. And I, I can't explain why. Um, I think it's just the way it ended, and we could talk about that later. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, like, was bored by this movie. I think it's because, like, I was just, like, annoyed by, like, just decisions made in the movie. Like, I, I don't think it's, like, horrible, but, like, I, like, I don't like Will, and I just find him really annoying. And the fact that it's, like, all about him, I'm just, like, annoyed the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just, like, I don't know. That type of character kind of annoyed. Like, he's like, oh, I'm a, I want to be a survivalist. I don't know. He kind of gave me that vibe, like. Um, I have, like, no really good reason of explaining why I don't like this movie, I feel like. <laughs> well, I, I'd agree with it. I think we can go into, like, the ending where it becomes, I think, a horror movie. Like, that build-up, that catharsis moment that you're waiting for throughout the whole film. But we kind of get Will at the beginning as seen as, like, you know, as you said, a survivalist. Because, you know, he kills the, the coyote right at the beginning. And he's kind of the one who's always feeling that something's off. I don't. I never kind of felt like he grew. Maybe, maybe that was me. I never really felt that he changed no. throughout or he got over his... Over his grief, which I think was supposed to be the thing, but he he kind of just like it was the, the son's missing death, something. right? That's what he was trying to get over. With. I don't think that happened. I don't think he got over it. I think he just like, oh yeah, my son died. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe he just he just remembered it. Mm-hmm. Like he was like kind of reliving past trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's clear that he's never been okay since, you know. And then we have Edie over here who hasn't been either. She finds this cold and, you know, as said before, to deal with the grief of losing a child, and which led to, I'm assuming, the dissolution of their marriage. So, uh, yeah, obviously neither of them is okay, you know. What do you think, man? <laughs> of Will? or Sure, okay. yeah. Lay, lay it on Will. Well, kind of what I, what I said is, I mean, I was hoping that there would be some sort of catharsis for him, I guess, or some growth for him. Yeah. And and we got a glimpse of it when he went into Ty, Ty's room, which is Ty's son, which was renovated into like an office space now. And he, he kind of like was breaking down with a tear and he was like memorizing, or not memorizing, remembering what the room was like but then he discovers the invitation video that says tonight is this special night um, where you need to whatever to cross the other side and i just don't think he grew he, it, it, as you said he remembered his son's death and but after he leaves that room it, it kind of just bubbles up into like a slasher ending <laughs> and i think he just kind of stayed the same he never really got over the grief because he got thrown into this mix of 
the main characters are trying to kill you now. <laughs> I think the problem with this slow burn is that there's like usually like a huge payoff usually in like a slow burn movie. Like you have like I think that's just kind of like what you have to do. Like ones that come to mind. Uh, now I'm forgetting the name. We've done House of the Devil. Yeah, yeah. That's a slow burn movie with a crazy payoff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of like the only things that are kind of like that or like 70s movies that House of the Devil was kind of like influenced by but a lot of those movies like always had like a crazy ending because it is like build this tension up for so long and then release it in some kind of crazy thing that happens and, it, and that kind of happens here but it doesn't take it far enough and it just like wastes its opportunity to to really hit you yeah i'd ag- i'd agree with that and and just to paint a picture for the viewer what happens is <clears throat> david and eden basically try to kill all the rest of the guests by poisoning their wine will realizes it and slaps the glasses away from everybody but Gina drinks it, um, and she dies. So they're all like, "Oh, they were trying to kill us." And from there, like David gets a gun, and shoots. Uh, is it Miguel? Yeah, I think that was his name, Miguel. And from there, kind of escalates to like shooting and stabbing. And I, I would agree, it does maybe give you that full payoff, like the House of the Devil does. It, it does seem a little more subdued. And I, th- and to give it some credit, I think it was interesting because. David, at least, and Eden, I could, like, see their human qualities in this because they were part of this cult. And even when they, like, killed somebody, I felt like at least Eden was, like, really remorseful and, like, they were shocked by what they were doing. Because there's that interaction where they're like, this isn't how it was planned. It was supposed to be simple. And, like, they're, or at least Eden is kind of, like, contemplating if they should have done it. And so it does feel subdued because they're not fully invested all the way, but they're just they're just doing it now because they started it. And they have to kill everybody. Right. It's like the writers wrote them like a weird circumstance. <laughs> so it just came off as weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that in that van, I, I thought Sadie was a great character in this movie. I'm not saying I, I liked her, but she played oh. her role well. As the the cult member who was just at the party. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's definitely like you find a little bit better acting in this and like other movies, and it's like shot well. And I'm glad that like it's like uses its environment well. It's just that the thing that it misses the market, unfortunately, is just like the third act, I guess, which is like huge for this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Well then, what do you think at the very ending of the movie, like the very last scene? Yeah, that was like their big. I think that was like what they intended to be like their big moment was. I guess a full on spoilers. Like, like it's like going. It's not a global, but it's like the whole neighborhood is like experiencing this event of like this. I don't want to say purge, but. <laughs> But it essentially is like a purge moment where they're just like, oh, we're just killing all these people. Like, uh, 
you know, they all drank the Kool-Aid and all these people that were grieving are now gone. And like, that was like, I was like, oh, I didn't expect that. But like, it wasn't. Yeah. Mind blowing. That's a good way of putting it. That's fair. I I, I don't, I just didn't feel like it, it was really needed. That's, I didn't feel like, oh no, like there's this huge threat out there now. I was like, oh, so it's happening other places. But it wasn't really, it might not, I don't think it was needed to show every, every other house was doing the same thing. Yeah, it's like almost like it belonged in a different movie or something. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Because it wasn't, yeah, it really wasn't the feel of this movie. This was a slow burn, almost a drama, psychological thriller. And that kind of takes it to another level of, like, another magnitude. Yeah, like... Which it was was a very... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's like trying to build a world, like, after the whole movie. It's just like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, right, the world was just this dinner party in this one house, which is a small environment, and then they tried to make it global at the very end and it's kind of off-putting because it's like that was the exact opposite of this movie so that's why it maybe doesn't feel like that big of a threat do you guys believe that this movie was a box office success i looked it up already by accident because <laughs> i was like i was trying to refresh myself because i kind of forgot some stuff about the movie <laughs> yeah. and then i spoiled it for myself I'm thinking not really, because I never heard of it until, <laughs> you know, a couple weeks that ago. Is, that is correct. <laughs> yeah. I could tell you what it was. I could tell you that the budget was a million dollars, and it did not make that back. Right. It didn't even make half of it back. I mean, it probably made its that money back late. now with Netflix, because Netflix probably gave them something, I would imagine. Probably mm. a couple million. Possibly to buy the yeah, rights. I don't know what that looks like. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I don't have the intel. Uh, but they paid what two hundred million for Friends or whatever recently. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Just to yeah, get just the reruns. reruns. I, I think they could spare a mill <laughs> for a movie mm. or something. I don't know. <laughs> or like you get. So many views. Mm. I don't even know how they do payouts for movies. I don't know. Mm. So many views, you get so much money or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. And I, and I was just thinking, they, 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 and this is a weird social media or social streaming tangent, but they had to go out and buy Friends for like $200 million because I feel like a lot of the shows that I watched are now on Hulu exclusively. Like I used to watch certain shows that were on Netflix and now who yeah i'm them. getting so like yeah, if i was I'm getting annoyed by that like it's like i almost like mm-hmm. why am i even keeping netflix <laughs> yeah and so they're like we gotta keep friends like or hulu's gonna buy it <laughs> so shell out money and this movie's a million dollars i i kept trying to rack my brain of how this movie it has to be because they had so many cast members, maybe, that it piled up to a million dollars. But it's one set. Like, it's literally one house. So I didn't know. And there's not that, like, many visual effects that a million dollars get. Well, I think the to. camera is nice. And then, like, so they probably used yeah. a decent camera. And then uh-huh. you, uh-huh, uh-huh. let's say, 
what do you think the minimum for like each actor like let's say they all got paid the same let's do some math here let's say they got ten thousand dollars or something (laughs) ten thousand i don't know i don't know so how many actors were were there like 10 in the movie yeah roughly 10 100k right wouldn't you say like ten thousand? i think that's like isn't that like in the low end for like actors I don't even know. I would think uh, so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking a lot had to come from, or like half of it came from all those people. Yeah. So yeah. I think it has to do with, I mean, maybe they built the set, you know? Maybe they built the house. Could have. It could have been the exterior was just, and the interior was a different house entirely, but they just used the exterior of the yeah. house. But yeah, but I could see your, your concerns. <laughs> But I think for like nowadays, a million for a movie is fucking cheap. That's fucking like, you know, they're not all like Halloween where like that movie's super low budget, the original Halloween. That's like what? It was like what? A couple, I don't even, was it like $100,000 or something? I'm not it's, sure. It's like, it's like really low and like obviously $100,000 in 1970 is a lot higher than for now money, but no movie mm-hmm. back then was made for that low really yeah I guess I just thought it would be lower because it was more of an independent yeah. film but yeah I don't think you're going to find too many movies made under a million anymore unless it's like unless it's no. like super low budget and then it's like probably not good <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah with that, should we uh, defend or destroy the 2015 film, The Invitation? I, I, I'm, I was going to throw it to Pete first because I feel like I have a, a hunch of Pete's, <laughs> Pete's choice. I have an idea, but let's hear it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm not going to... I'm not going to destroy it despite... What? Yeah. What? I mean, like, like let's. Here's me like rethinking my destroy defend strategy here. <laughs> it's okay. it's it's not like the worst movie I've seen. I didn't like like loathe it. You know, I was just like I was like annoyed by it, and I was like, well, there's like good qualities to it. I know everything I said made it sound like I was going to destroy it, but it's not like you know. I've seen, I've watched only 15 minutes of Jennifer's Body, and that was her other movie, and that movie is fucking awful, I couldn't even finish, I couldn't even finish that movie, (laughs) and that's saying something, because I usually finish movies, this movie I finished, I'm like, it's okay, so I defend it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it has some merits, alright. I finished watching it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lindsay, you want to go or I can go? Yeah, yeah, I can go. Um, I defend this movie. Um, I actually, for me, I think the climax does pay off after a long build-up. Um, is it House of the Devil level? No. Um, but I think it does a nice job of holding back, but not too much. 
Um, I think I thought it struck a good balance. Um, and it plays on both the characters and the audience's fears. Um, and I thought that the acting was pretty decent too. So, um, is it the best, you know, among the best horror movies I've seen? No, like completely not, but it's not bad. So I'm going to defend it. Okay. I will. I'm going to defend the invitation as well. Uh, I, I agree. It doesn't have that slow burn payoff that like House of the Devil does, but it's really not to the, it's not the same magnitude of, I guess, plot line what happens. It's very, a very simple, realistic plot line at the end. Um, but it was a movie I thought for the first two acts was like a very good psychological thriller that turned into a horror movie in act three when the bloodshed began um, and people started really dying. So it does have that cathartic moment that kind of, you know, you're, you're going with the characters the whole time and, and their uh, attempts to wills to figure out what's going on, but also that attempt to get over that trauma the whole time. And it, you go in waves with them. Like when it, everything kind of seems like it's going well and then something weird happens and then they get back on the right path. And then when it, you're kind of always waiting for what act three was um, in that slow burn. Um, and it it doesn't have the same payoff, again, as House of Devil, but it also doesn't have a twist at all, where I, I feel like you know that's going to be the ending. Like the invitation people are going to kill them. That's true. Like it, that's going to happen. But I didn't feel like, oh, this is completely predictable and I didn't enjoy it. I thought... It was well paced to get there. Um, so I'll defend it. Everybody, it's on Netflix if you want to check it out. Uh, if you have a subscription, then it's free. <laughs> you can check it out there. <laughs> yeah. I do think it's worth a watch. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it is a good it is a It's good an hour and a half. Movie. It's not mm-hmm. terrible. <laughs> it's better than... <laughs> what was that... The high school movie we watched. Most most likely yeah. to die. <laughs> Every time you bring up a movie that's like, it's not the worst movie I've done on here, or it's not the worst <laughs> horror movie, I'm always like, he's he's thinking of most likely to die. <laughs> that's definitely what he's thinking about. <laughs> I think that is the one, I, that, I think that's the first one I destroyed, and I think it's the one I still hate the most. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's besides, like, that that was besides being too. outright disgusted by... Um, Fucking, it's called Day of a Woman, but that's not the real thing. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know why I remember the uh, the other title for it. (laughs) (laughs) What's that title that least people that not as many people know? I know that one. (laughs) (laughs) What that then? We at the It Records have another unanimous defend of the invitation. Go check it out on Netflix. Um, get at us on Facebook and Twitter if you have any questions for us. Um, uh, listen to our podcast. Let us know your feedback. What do you want us to do? And we'll be sure to get a blog post out soon for you guys because we are fresh with blog posts. Posting them every single day. But until next time, I'm Matt Johnson. And I remain in the shadows. I feel like you should have rapped when you were talking about how fresh your blog posts were. So fresh and so clean. Yeah, that's that's as 
my statement for the end is this a little critique for you for the future. <laughs> but we'll be doing another podcast next, so I'll free sign. <laughs> I have nothing to add to what he said, I agree. So, uh, that's a wrap.